You are listening to MSP 1337, a podcast dedicated to helping MSPs and their clients navigate cybersecurity. Security maturity is a journey, but that doesn't mean you have to travel alone. I'm your host, Chris Johnson, and I want to personally thank you for joining us today. Before we jump into the show, I would like to take a moment to thank our sponsor, MSP Ignite. MSP Ignite offers a peer group experience that is unique to managed service providers in the technology industry. If you are serious about implementing a model for success through sharing and collaboration of best practices, this is the best way to do it. Head on over to msp-ignite.com today to find out more. Now on with the show. Welcome everybody to this episode of MSP 1337. Uh, today we are talking a little bit about co-managed IT and a lot about educating the unwilling. I've got Eric Hansen of Inland Productivity with us today, and I've got Bob Kopage with Co-Managed IT. Thanks guys. Yay. Yay. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> As we started last episode, or maybe it was two episodes ago, we got into this whole conversation about it is my pleasure. And I had to do a clarification like, this is a reference to a movie. This is not some sort of like internal inside conversations. So, anyways, um, uh, I appreciate how we started this one. It feels, feels very uh, 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 superficial and platonic and very comfortable. So I'm, I'm good. So uh, as we jump into this, we've had conversations over the last, I don't know, 10 episodes where our conversation has revolved around helping MSPs be successful. And one of the things that's becoming, a, I think, a big opportunity for MSPs as a whole is what does co-managed IT look like? And specifically, what does it look like when you're dealing with an internal IT department and you have an opportunity to bring them a product or service that they otherwise are not able to do on their own? So Eric, our background is that you and I were once upon a time that relationship where I was the client as the internal IT, if, if you will. And then you guys were the outsource MSP who did basically 90% of what I was supposed to do because... I was not an IT guy at the time, um, and I primarily was there for, for the web application side. So if you think about how much internal IT was being done, it was about 10% to the 90% that you guys handled. So talk to me. This has been now 15 years. Talk to me about your experience with co-managed IT and how we sort of seg segue into where I think Bob and I and all the three of us will talk about what it means to get into educating the unwilling. All right. Well, you know, we uh, fortunately we still retain that client. They're a great client today, and and that deal in a lot of ways has gone the way that MSPs were always taught to do things: go in and eliminate the internal IT. And we were kind of a weird deal because the customer recognized that hey, I I need somebody inside to do this this stuff around our. Um, our line of business software that we were never going to get good at. Um, and we were there before you, you came right. in and then we were still <laughs> after you. Um, but through that, I think we sort of learned how co-managed works before long before co-managed was a thing. And uh, we definitely, you know, you and, and I certainly had our struggles at times figuring out, okay, who's, Whose problem is this, that, or the other thing? But, um, you know, in the long run, 
it definitely worked out and I think it worked out well for the client. Uh, well, I think that was an interesting one because in, in having been on the internal side, how many meetings I was in where, you know, my employer is saying, Chris, why aren't you doing those things? Or um, why, why do we still need this outsourced MSP? And, and, and many times it was really interesting to just be able to answer with, I've never learned those things. You know, I'm one person in, in the case of the company that I was with. So for me to say, I'm going to be an expert on, on your network or an expert on your firewalls, I might be able to do a couple of those things, but that's two items on a list that, uh, you know, we don't have time on this, this episode to walk through, right? So, um, and then the conversations, Eric, that you and I would have sitting down with, with management or the owners, and, you know, they're looking at a quote for, you know, $50,000 and they're like, Chris, well, what do you think about this? And I'm like, well, what's the alternative option that, that I, I do it. So it saved you $4,000 and you don't know if it got done right. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and we've, and we've now expanded to be doing more of those. And we have a, uh, a relatively large uh, sort of adjacent industry um, to, to that one that, uh, they have a couple internal people and, you know, they call us when it hits the fan. Uh, and hopefully we try to keep, keep that stuff under control, but there's stuff they don't want to hear. Um, and, and won't say, and won't say yes to that's like, do you realize what a, what a risk you have to this business? And this is, this is a organization that got a major, had a major crypto event. I mean, the entire network was taken down. It was a four-day recovery. It was, and, and this gets into that, for lack of a better phrase, educating the unwilling. And yet, even when they're educated, they're still saying it's the you know you can lead the horse to water, but you can't make them drink. Um, yeah, sometimes I, mean, I, I, remember, I remember that Saturday morning phone call because it was like, you know, that thing you came and talked to us about on Thursday that might happen. We think right. it happened <laughs> somewhere between Thursday and today. <laughs> Which is usually how it happens, right? When the bad thing happens, it's not immediately because you shared it with them. It's it's got to be just long enough, even if it's just the next day, for them to to recognize that you did tell them about this. Which raises the question: How many times do they go? I bet they did this. I guarantee that was going it's the first their mind. <laughs> right. So I, I have one more question um, before we kind of segue into that. Educate the unwilling. I think about um, my sort of career path and after getting out of the MSP space, I started working in more cybersecurity focused environments where, for lack of a better word, it was co-managed IT and I would get the phone calls to, to talk about the deep dive on, hey, looking at the threat intelligence, um, you know, how are we patching our machine? Are we doing a good job? Kind of like an accountability assessment, if you will. And so as I was working with some of these larger entities, what I found happening is that I'm talking to someone that's in the middle, right? They're not a key decision maker. Uh, their authority or influencing, you know, purchasing decisions, but they're not necessarily getting the entire buy-in from the top down. And I always found, I hated it when I had to have those conversations and I'm kind of like a wedge trying to get through that and then work my way up. Do you run into that? Or do you have a way to say, maybe address that or work around that? It's certainly a moving target. I don't know. What do you, what do you think, Bob? One of the things I often say to folks is the worst time to learn CPR is when someone's having a heart attack. Uh, it, it's, it's one of those where 
and this is true both from, from the IT professional standpoint uh, as individuals and also the MSP, is we tend to only explain stuff when it needs to be understood. And, right. and by holding off on those things, and sometimes it's because the client doesn't want to hear it, sure, or sure. the internal IT person doesn't want to hear it, or we don't want to be bothered, whatever. You know, everybody's got to got to agree to play. If you're waiting until that time where decisions have to be made, it's too late because everyone's already making decisions based on only that moment in time, whatever their preconceived notions are. And so if they're looking at this as, oh, here comes the vendor, they're just gonna ask us for more money. Or the internal IT person talks to management, oh, th this guy or gal is a whiner, always wants more, is always complaining about the work. Or I just, I just saw this on CNN, I am so sick of seeing this stuff in the news, they're obviously just going for whatever. Mm -hmm. it, it, it's one of those where you have to constantly be engaging in a low, you know, low method, uh, just quiet noise, almost noise in the background. So that it, because people hear, they'll hear some of it and it accumulates. And, and it's one of those where if, if you can basically talk about risk, when the risk isn't there, when the, when the issue isn't right there in their face, but talk about it then. And then a couple of weeks later, when it happens, you can go, you remember that thing we talked about a couple of weeks, kind of like Eric, to your point, you remember how we were hoping this day would never happen? Well, it's here. Well, think yeah. about how bad that would have been if you had to explain that day happening at the same time it's happening. Right. Right. Well, this kind of gets into that whole risk appetite, risk tolerance, all of those pieces that I think by and large as MSPs, that's a difficult conversation to have in the prospecting phase or even in the, you know, we'll say the honeymoon phase where I'm suddenly taking things off your plate and making your life easier. And I think sometimes that whole thing gets overlooked because then to your point, it's, it already happened and now we're talking about it. What if we could have avoided some of this? Well, and that's where you get into the whole concept of what is risk. Mm -hmm. I mean, risk by some of the classic, you know, uh, uh, inherent risks impact. What's the impact? If this occurs, mm -hmm. what is the impact of the occurrence? And then what's the probability that it will occur? Right. And that's kind of like, that's your vulnerability at that point. And it's one of those where, and it's a great, oh my God, if you can do a tabletop discussion with the CEO, the internal IT or whatever, where you just simply go back and go, what if, what if, what if, what if? How bad would you rank that one to 100? And then whether they give it or you give it, here's the probability we see this of happening, so on and so forth. And you do that at a time where there is nothing bad happening. Which we may never get back to that space that world right but at least it's say not necessarily happening to them right now um and if you can live in that vortex just long enough to have those conversations um and i think and i want to throw this out there because you know we were talking about before we started this uh uh recording was that you know the difference between uh me and them right so i'm the msp and they're the client and no one really cares about me it's all it should be all about the client and their security not necessarily mine and i think what's problematic right now with with even when i was an msp is being afraid to go in and have a conversation about risk because in a lot of cases we don't know the business 
model or the, you know, the, what their client is doing for their clients. So now it's like, how do I help them build a risk, uh, you know, metric to quantify or qualify those risks. And it's, you know, it's and at the end of the day, it's probably not my job to do that, but I at least need to get in front of them to say, have you done this before? It, it is absolutely. Okay. If you want to look at your MSP as being a commodity, sure. You're based on price only. You're just there to make the lights blink, all of that right. kind of fun stuff. And at your job. Right. If you, because every time somebody comes up with a new way to automate this stuff, your life as an MSP just got cheaper. So you've got to constantly find ways to engage and to add value to your client or your customer. I don't care who you are, what you're doing, all that, that has to, because that's, you know, everybody always asks that question, what keeps you up at night? That's the one thing is commoditization. That's the one thing that scares the bejeebers out of me. So I am constantly looking and say, how can I add value? And now, that's, and that's happening. I mean, we've got, we, we've got telco vendors, at least in our space that are out there banging on every potential customer for that been, yeah. very thing. It's been happening since the first transistor got installed. Well, and, and it's not necessarily bad. I, I, I think that that's one of the areas that we've been challenged with is what our culture right now, though, is saying you should become, say, an MSSP because in the security space where it's not yet really commoditized as far as, you know, speeds and feeds. And we forget that I hope that in that space, it becomes really, really commoditized compared to where it is today, because I can't have, say, two or three engineers, FTE, staring at event logs all day. I need to have it just notify me when there's something bad to look at so that I'm not spending the money on those three FTEs. And my value is how I respond with that information to take care of the client needs, right? I, I think that's what we have got to get out of is that the commoditization is necessarily bad. It's that remembering that if we're not providing the value client facing then we we in and of ourselves are the commodity it's the commoditization is not bad as long as you're raising the value of your MSP yes. to keep ahead of it yes if you are not then it is horrible and it is the death of your organization so now that we're really already talking about you know educating the unwilling or the uninformed who doesn't want to be informed we talked about this before we got on the call about how well, by and large, it's about miscommunication, um, either from us to the SMB or vice versa, as far as what the expectations are out of the gate. So I think as we go into sort of the last part of the, this podcast is just talk to me about when you say, well, I wrote it down. When you say miscommunication, what do you think is the big missing piece that, you know, we kind of don't line up? I, I think the biggest piece is, is involvement and engagement of management is right now, and, and whenever we talk about cybersecurity, ooh, there's the word cyber, it's a computer mm. thing. That's what I pay you for, done. Right, yeah, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, I'm out. And, exactly, you have that all covered. Right. I shouldn't need to think about that, I, you know. It, it's and like saying so, managed firewall, right? We go back in the day, go back 10 years. What MSP didn't sell a managed firewall or call it a managed firewall? Well, and, or we sold firewalls and we didn't manage them. And we didn't well, <laughs> exactly. We installed I, it. I, I 100% agree with that. But I mean, how many times did we say that we're going to sell you a firewall? And then there was the miscommunication because the client is assuming that because you put it in, that you are also managing the firewall. 
but but here's here's part of the challenge and and there and there's there's two different versions of this and they're and they're colliding with each other uh, number one is if you go back 10 years ago the bad guys were not making a lot of money okay the bad guys were essentially uh, a lot of them were just malicious. They were jerks. The, the, the stereotype of the, the disaffected genius programmer hacker living in mom's basement sure. had some truth to it. So you could have one bad actor who just wrote viruses, who hacked into systems and did that blah, right. blah, blah. And did right. it for the, for the giggles and grins of it. Absolutely. Or and, and sure that with us, right? We, we all wished we were that hacker, right? There was right. some sort of nostalgia around even like think back to the movie hackers. It's like when you think about that movie, it was all about uh, the glamorization of being a hacker and then getting the girl. Well, and also they targeted specific companies based on sure. their size and all that. Now, flash forward to 2015, 16. Now we get uh, the ransomware both yeah. in terms of the product itself, the delivery mechanism, and the efficiency of delivering it over very, very large scales. Now, suddenly, we're making money. Now, suddenly, and by we, I mean, you know, me and those yeah. bad guys. Right, right. I, I get the we. So now we're talking about generating revenue. Now it's an entrepreneurial model. Yeah. So that we now, over the last five years or so, we now have people who are willing to invest a ton of money a ton of time, hire the best people, not only on the technical side, but also on the marketing side, the social engineering side, all of that right. fun stuff. And they are making, and I, I, I can't remember the, 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 but I think it's somewhere in the five, five to $8 billion market. And that's revenue, not right. dollar or not cost. And that's something that we don't uh, communicate most, excuse me, we don't communicate effectively enough to management. The well, fact know the that- costs are small. Well, not only, but but the bad guys are coming up with every new way they can come up with every single day because that CEOs understand. They may not understand firewalls, but they understand incentivized entrepreneurs. So that's one thing that we do a poor job of explaining to understand that that's that that's important. The second thing we do is we let them abdicate. We right. let them because we're trying to sell our services. And if part right. of our service sales pitch is, and by the way, you have to be more involved than you ever have been before on IT. Yeah. You know, that's not what they wanted to hear. Right. But we have to communicate. We have to engage them and say, because otherwise we can't protect you. And I think there's a part three to this because I was thinking about what you said. So 10, 15 years ago, it was the act of doing it and it was glamorized. Then it was, this is a profitable, this is a, a business venture. I'm entrepreneurial and I'm making money, whether I'm skimming credit cards, you name it, they're all different kinds of models for it. But now you fast forward. And so even in a shorter period of time, we've flipped that even again. Now our clients are going, yeah, but you can recover from my backups or you can get my data back. Well, data back is more of you can get back to your data but now who has your data? Because those are the effects that I think that like even the recent Orion thing is, it's not a question of what they could do to the system that they were on, right? It's what did they see while they were on that system? And so it's like, you may never know what that was. And so our opportunities right now, as we go forward is to, like you said, force the unwilling participation about IT to say, you have to participate because this is more than about what's been encrypted. It's more than about what's been broken. It's about who has it. Yeah. And what are they, and what are they going to do with it? You know, as we move into this, this environment where, okay, I'm going to, 
great. You can recover from it. You know, we figured out, you, you guys have figured out how to recover from it. Well, I'm going to spend a bunch of time exfiltrating this and I'm going to charge you to promise not to hand it out. Right, right. And so I, I have, as we uh, wrap this up, I got one question. It's the same question for both of you. If I look at how I go about running my business, the number one thing that they still say is, well, until it happens to me, right? That's still the conversation we end up having. And so if you think of something in, you know, in the moment, um, what is the one thing that you would say to the SMB that says, well, it hasn't happened to me or it's not bad enough you know, how to have that one little conversation piece that I think every MSP is probably, if they've made it this far into the podcast, this is the one piece maybe that will help them. It's the Easter egg to help them when they're talking to that SMB to say, look, if you have the conversation, this is what I would say. So I'll go with you first, Eric. Um, you know, I, I really go through education with, you know, real world stories. You know, mm -hmm. we have had to respond to, unfortunately, a couple of, you know, what we term as customers, those means people who are not, you know, on the full program, if you will. Not clients. Not clients, right. right. Clients do what we tell them to do. And that's they right. generally don't push back that hard, but that's because we've had that opportunity to do the, um, to, to do the education. But customers who use us you know, either break fix here and there, you know, I just had a conversation with somebody the other week and I, I was unsuccessful at communicating how important or, or what the probability of them having somebody do something dumb and get everything broken. Yeah, it's, um, so, to, know, so to paraphrase but, that, you can't lead, it's the lead the horse to water, can't make them drink. So the question to you is how much time do you invest in a, in that opportunity, like to just move on to the one that, you know, you've got the relationship with and can continue protecting that business. Well, unfortunately I have ethics, so I will try my hardest <laughs> to, uh, to really make sure that they understand it. And if, you know, if they don't, uh, if they don't get it the first time, I will be back for another swipe at it and another swipe at it and another swipe at it, because at some point I'm going to have an example that it becomes meaningful to them. Unfortunately, and, and you know, hopefully that example isn't them. And it's CYA, um, right? If you're having this well, repeated sure. conversation, I think CYA is coming into the picture. So any MSP well, I mean, that's listening. Where, yeah, that's that's where the the denial of service letter comes. It's like, right. okay, we we have talked to you and talked to you and talked to you about this. Please sign here. So if it happens to you, my butt's covered. Right. All right, Bob, what, what's, uh, what's the one piece that you would so go with? I basically would pull out for, 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 from a perspective, first of all, and I don't try to sell security. I, sure. I try to discuss risk. Right. I like that. Why the risk is there, why it's meaningful, why the bad, the bad actors can do, will, whatever. And do they uh, know the risk? Exactly. So, so from that aspect of it. Now, what do we get as a follow-up to that? Do we get the follow-up uh, to use your example? Well, it's, it hasn't happened to me. If someone truly is giving me that answer, there's something else going on. Yep. Okay. Uh, I haven't made the connection. I haven't engaged properly. They just don't want to tell me what the real issue is, which is fine. 
Uh, and to Eric's point, absolutely, you have to be willing to walk. And whether it be walk away or sign this paper, which basically means I'm not responsible for half of the stuff that I'm, I want to do to help you. Right. Because you the won't let me do it right. Yeah. The yeah. And, and so it's, it's one of those where you could almost make the point of now, do you have other MSPs who are promising to keep you secure? Mm-hmm. <laughs> because I would love to see how they're doing it uh, right. or, or how they're, because that's fantastic. If they've come up, yeah. you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So turn it a little bit, the conversation, right. not into a, Oh, you freaking moron. You don't realize how bad you, you know, uh, right. you, you don't want to turn into that adversarial thing. But uh, that's what a lot of MSPs do. Well, you're an idiot, so. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And, and sadly, they don't use those words, but it's definitely felt by the SMB, right? They're, they're feeling the you don't care model happening right there in that meeting. And they're already, they're already shopping for someone that's at least, you know, gives them more lip service. And, and I think one of the things, and, and, and I've had this conversation with clients to basically where I will say something along the lines of, if you, if you don't follow this strategy, I cannot support you. Right. I cannot in good faith, good conscience, uh, like Eric saying, being an ethical person, you know, rounding up, uh, where, where we're basically saying, I can't, I can't pay lip service to this. Right. All right, guys, uh, as we close out, where can uh, those listeners find you guys at online? Eric, you want to? Oh, I'm just uh, inland-prod.com. And uh, that's where you are. That's where I am. All right. That's where I am. I mean, LinkedIn and yeah, all all the, all the usual, all the usual suspects. All right. And Bob, Uh, if you want to see a lot of the tools that we use for communicating with, with both existing and potential clients, connect with me on LinkedIn. I post a uh, video every business day, a couple minutes long. Some are weirder than others. Uh, If you want to learn more about the co-managed IT world, uh, then the, we've got a Facebook group, Comits, uh, just co-managed IT services. Check that out. We got about 1,000, 1,200 uh, MSPs. And then I've got a website, Comits, number four, MSPs.com, which has coaching for uh, MSPs interested in getting into the co-managed world. Well, guys, I really appreciate it. Uh, this has been a great conversation. Off the cuff, MSP 1337. Thank you. Thanks, Chris. Matt.